Welcome to the College Investor Audio Show, where we talk about the biggest issues impacting millennial money, from student loan debt to side hustles to building wealth. We will show you how to get out of debt so that you can build real wealth for the future. Hooray! You did it! You've been accepted to your school of choice and have been awarded a financial aid package. Oh, it looks lovely. This is certainly an exciting time. But, and then you open the financial aid award letter thingy and you begin reading it and your excitement turns to confusion and maybe just a little frustration. This happens all the time. So today, here is how to read your financial aid award letter. Welcome to the annual interpreting of your financial aid award. <laughs> so while there are some guidelines for schools to follow when creating financial aid rewards, for whatever reason, there aren't any strict standards on formatting. So this leaves many schools using unfamiliar formats and terminology. Unfamiliar language and maybe some cryptic codes can be found throughout many financial aid awards. Loans and grants can be lumped together. Codes such as L or LN are sometimes the only indication that an amount is actually a loan. In fact, most financial aid students receive comes in the form of student loans. To me, that's not even aid. Anyway, additionally, the true cost of attending the school is often underestimated on award letters. This can leave students constantly coming up short on funds to pay for school, so in today's podcast, you're going to learn how to understand your financial aid award. Let's get right to it. So cost of college terminology. This is key. Understanding the terms used to describe the cost of college can help you better interpret your award letter and ask the right questions when something doesn't seem to make sense. Starting with net cost. So this is the difference between the cost of attendance, all college costs, and the total financial aid award. Let's take a look at a quick example. Cost of attendance, 45,000 tuition and fees, 15,000 room and board, 2,000 books and supplies, 1,000 bucks transportation, $3,500 for miscellaneous. $66,500 is the total cost of attendance. Now, your financial aid package spells out these things. $6,000 Fed Pell Grant, $2,500 Federal Perkins L, $13,000 Parent Plus L, and $8,000 Fed Unsub Staff. <laughs> For a grand total of $29,500 in financial aid. $37,000 is your expected net cost. Okay, so we deduce from that example that the net cost subtracts out all forms of financial aid, of which there are two. Gift aid, scholarships and grants, money that doesn't have to be repaid, and self-help aid, which are loans and student work studies, money that must be repaid. The formula for net cost is net cost equals cost of attendance minus full financial aid. So net price subtracts out only gift aid, let's go ahead and use that example we just talked about and it would sound a little something like this. So the total cost of attendance, tuition, room and board, books, transportation, and miscellaneous costs is still $66,500. So that's our total. Our gift aid is just $6,000 for a federal Pell Grant. That's the total gift aid. So our expected net price when you do the formula 
Net price equals cost of attendance, $66,500, minus gift aid, $6,000, $60,500 expected net price. So what do the differences between net cost and net price mean? All right, so net cost can give the impression that financial aid is covering more cost than net price, but this is entirely misleading. The student will still have to pay back any loans or participate in work-study programs that are included in net cost. Net price can be thought of as the discount sticker price on college cost. This is the number that you will need to somehow pay for. Depending on the award letter, net cost or net price will be used. Don't let either throw you off. But now you know what is involved in arriving at both numbers. Expected Family Contribution, EFC. This is another number that might be buried in your award letter somewhere, and that can be included in the net cost number since it is money that the student must come up with. Next up on our list for today, arriving at the true cost of college. No matter what your award letter looks like, it's not likely to show the true cost of college. So in our examples we talked about, the cost of attendance has several line items included. So don't be surprised if your school only lists tuition and fees. This can leave out like 20K in cost once other expenses are added back in, like room and board and transportation and all of that. If the school is calculating net price based on only two line items for the cost of attendance, this will be grossly underestimated. Oh, keep an eye on this. A lot of students are caught off guard by this fact and only realize it once they're a few months into their education. (laughs) This creates a situation where a student is scrambling to find some way to finance various costs associated with their education. In the worst case, some students simply give up and just leave school. The next thing to look out for is front-loading and private scholarships. Be aware that some colleges offer higher gift aid during the first year and then a lot less after that. This is a practice referred to as front-loading. Check with the financial aid office for more information if this is something the school does. You might not get a straight answer, though. In that case, the U.S. Department of Education's College Navigator can be of some help. Either way, do your best to get an answer so that you can plan properly. If you are receiving private scholarships, they can have a negative impact on your needs-based financial aid. Depending on the school, either your gift aid or self-help aid may be reduced. Again, you're going to want to check with the school on what impact any private scholarships may have on your financial aid. Here's how to appeal your financial aid award. So you've received your fat admissions packet, toured the campus, even bought a (laughs) t-shirt, but your financial aid package falls a little bit short of your expectations. Maybe you didn't get any scholarships or grants, just a bunch of loans. Or maybe you were expecting an amount much larger than what was offered. So it's important to note that appealing a financial aid award successfully is actually pretty rare. However, it doesn't mean you can't try. And the earlier you try, the better. Here's what you need to do. First, set an appointment with a financial aid officer. Before you appeal a financial aid award, check out your school's financial aid website. Bigger schools usually publish a formal process for appealing financial aid decisions. If the school has the process published, follow it. 
Smaller schools might not have that process published. In that case, just call to set up an appointment. Once you know your school's policies, reach out. It's better to call than to email a financial aid officer. Why, you may ask? Well, it's easy for overworked financial aid officers, especially in smaller schools, to miss an email, or even two, or five, thousand. A few people can serve thousands or tens of thousands of students. So when you call, request an appointment to meet with a financial aid officer. An in-person meeting is the best way to get a financial aid officer to become your advocate. If you can't meet in person, set up a phone call to review your award. While you're making calls, consider calling the admissions office too. The admissions office may have information about unclaimed merit scholarships that can help you out. Let's discuss how to prepare for that meeting. When you meet with a financial aid officer, you'll request a reassessment of your financial aid award. If you're going to get more aid, you're going to need to prepare for that. There are a few things you need to know prior to your meeting. How's your school calculating expected family contributions? Your university may use the EFC number from your FAFSA, or they might use a number calculated from the CSS profile. Either way, you need to know how much your university expects from your family. What do you and your parents think is your unmet need? Have a specific number in mind. And then gather documentation that shows why you and your parents can't cover this gap. A family budget, documentation of a family change, like a divorce, a job loss, etc., goes a long way in altering aid. Do you have a better package elsewhere? A school may increase your merit aid if they know another school offered you more money. Did your situation change from when you first applied? Oh, this can be helpful in understanding any changes. And then here's what to discuss when you get to the meeting. During the meeting with a financial aid officer, you need to be careful about how you conduct yourself. Financial aid officers aren't going to feel comfortable calling the meeting a negotiation. You and your parents need to be careful to keep the tone of the meeting assertive, but non-confrontational. You want the financial aid officer to become an advocate and a partner with you. Start the meeting by saying, I would like to reassess my financial aid awards package because reason one, and then reason two. Would you like to see documentation about these reasons? Then take the time to listen. You should view the financial aid officer as a partner in this whole thing. The financial aid officer should be able to explain what they can do and what they can't do. If you're an accepted student, they want to work with you. However, if your enrollment is high, they might not have more merit awards or subsidized loans to offer. If the financial aid officer is unable to offer any grants, bursaries, or scholarships, ask them to keep an ear out for opportunities. Remember, a financial aid officer is your advocate, not your adversary. Man, that's so important to get that right. Most of the time, a financial aid officer won't give a definitive answer about adjusting financial aid during the first meeting. Instead of pressing for an immediate answer, ask when and how you should follow up with them. And then, here's how to follow up. So once you're done with the meeting, thank the financial aid officer and promptly follow up with any documentation they requested. Sending a thank you note through the mail is also a thoughtful gesture. If you don't hear back about a reassessment, follow up via email and a phone call. The financial aid officer might not adjust your award, 
but they should tell you a definitive yes or no. Students who don't get enough aid from their school still have options. Some schools will push you to expensive private loans, but those should be a last resort. Consider these options first. You can work more during your education. You can choose a less expensive school. You can defer enrollment for a semester to work and save money. And then finally, you can find outside grants and scholarships. If you end up enrolling at the school, just keep in touch with a financial aid officer. Develop a relationship with them. They can help you navigate tuition hikes and changes to their aid policies. College lasts four years. And you need to prepare for all four years. Here are some final thoughts before we wrap up for today. All right. Navigating your financial aid award can be difficult and confusing. They don't make paying for college easy. (laughs) However, you owe it to yourself to work hard to get any free money you can to pay for school. That is our show for today. Oh, I hope it was helpful. I know we ran through numbers and examples and things, and that can be kind of hard to follow, but you can always find this article, all the resources we talked about, links and everything, at thecollegeinvestor.com. Just type in Financial Aid Award. Right in the search bar, you're going to find this article. Lots of great stuff in there. Also, follow us on social media. We're everywhere. Well, I guess there's like and follow and subscribe and all this other things. We'd love to get to know you and help you through your journey as well. Thanks again for stopping by, and we'll talk to you again real soon.